never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. So it's not often on this podcast that I get like some kind of a gift in the mail, but for today's episode, I have had a few months to prepare thanks to Eva Payne's amazing The Flow of Life Funnel book, which, there we go, I'm holding it up correctly on the screen Mm -hmm. here. And not only did I read this book, I listened to it, and the narration was by our guest today, Eva Payne, who is teaching us the eight layers to outwardly live what we inwardly desire. And I was just blown away by certain chapters. I mean, they're all really good, but I was really, especially the chapter on intuition, which I'm so excited to talk about this book. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I want to give a proper introduction. In addition to this, Eva has a podcast called Set to Life, and she's teaching us to think about how many times we settle with saying life is fine, which is a lot more than I think anybody wants to admit. She is also a life coach, although her LinkedIn says from 2017 to 2019, I'm guessing you're still a life coach, correct? Yes, yes. It's just part of my DNA. (laughs) So Eva is a life coach at Colorflow Life LLC, and then she has an amazing camp a project called project kindle founder executive director she founded this uh initiative well over 22 years ago and it's basically let's see i have it on the top of my head so i'm gonna read it right off of her site so formerly known as camp kindle established august of 1998 so we're coming up on that anniversary And she basically saw a need to fill an Eva. I can let you kind of speak to all of this, even though I'm taking your words. But she basically started an organization that you're helping, I would say, kids and children, kids with uh, HIV and AIDS, kind of getting them together. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. That's what I've been doing. Summer camp. (laughs) So Eva does all these things and then some also a mother of six, correct? Yes. Yes. See, I do my research. It's so (laughs) early in the morning and I'm complaining about early. You're, it's like 530 there. So AM. (laughs) So here we are, Eva. How are you doing today? Oh, Mark, I'm so well. And thank you so much for having me on your show. I love coming on other people's podcasts. It just gives me a chance to reflect back on the work that I've done and then share some of the insights. So 
I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you being here, especially so early on the weekend. And you have a lot going on anyway. So let's just, uh, as they say in Hollywood, I guess, cut to the chase, which I've always, I've already said that like two times, which is terrible. <laughs> but so let's talk a little bit before we get into what you're doing now. I always yeah. like, I'm really curious about people's like paths and why they choose to do what they do and I'm really curious because way way back so you're majoring in English theater and I believe I remember hearing you talk about the fact that your experiences in theater had like a big impact on you mm -hmm. and I know I don't necessarily have experiences in theater quote-unquote but I did take an acting class and I know that had an effect on me. Not so much that I became a really great theater actor or anything like that, but it impacted me as a person. And it, for me personally, it showed me that I can put myself out there and people aren't going to like mm. throw tomatoes in my face and, you know, say really horrible things and, all this other stuff. And I know that that was something you were passionate about uh, way back when, and now you are where you are. So instead of me talking the whole time, I'm going to give you the mic and you can talk about that experience and how you kind of like transition because you wound up starting Project Kindle around right. that era. <laughs> so that's quite a change. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about it. So I feel like, let me just put this out there in general. I feel like we as humans, we, we think we know what we want and we start out on a path and we start going down that path and we try to make everything line up, you know, to work on that path. So I grew up in Southern California. I went to school in Nebraska. I wanted to go somewhere away and different and where my friends weren't going. And it had to have all these little specifications that I wanted in Nebraska was the only school. So I ended up there. I started out in broadcasting. It was either going to be teaching English um, broadcasting or theater. And I didn't know which one. So I was like, I need to have a school that has all the options. So I started out in broadcasting and quickly my beginning of my sophomore year, I got a job at the number one radio station in Lincoln, Nebraska. And this, at this time, this is 19, 95, you know, there's really no internet. There's the radio, especially in Nebraska, there's not a lot going on. So the radio station was a very popular thing. Lots of people listened to it. And I got a job as an intern there. And I stayed there for four years, working my way up to the morning show. So as I'm on this path thinking, oh, I got to build my career, build my resume. You know, I got it. I'm going to go from Lincoln to a bigger market and a bigger market. And then I went and met with a gentleman here in Los Angeles who was on the channel five or not channel five, a five o'clock news. I don't know. Maybe it was channel five. Heck, I don't know. It was a very popular one. And I thought, I think I want to be a news broadcaster, but let me go see what that job is really like. Let me go shadow someone for a day. And when I went and actually followed the person and interviewed him about what his life was like, 
there were so many things that were not in alignment with who I was. For example, he said, it's a really difficult job to have a family, especially if you want to work in this market in Los Angeles, because you don't just graduate from college and end up in LA. You work in Nebraska and then maybe you go to South Dakota and oh, then you got a job in Kentucky. You just have to be willing to like make those moves and make those sacrifices. And his um, he quote unquote said, it's hell on relationships. And I thought, oh no, oh no. And then when I watched what he actually did, it was him in a big, huge studio with a woman next to him who wasn't very nice to me, by the way, <laughs> and like three tech people and that's it. And he read a teleprompter and I'm thinking, well, this isn't very exciting. Like this is, this is what the reality of it was. So I go back to school and I, I'm, I'm distraught, like my vision of what I wanted, it wasn't there. I, I took, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take an acting class. I don't know, something else I just wanted to do just for fun to bring in joy. I always tell people bring joy into your life. And I took that acting class and it sucked me in. And all of a sudden I'm taking less and less broadcasting classes. Also working at the radio station, I was learning so much more about radio in real time and what it really meant to be working at a real radio station than what the college was teaching me. You know, they were very behind and it wasn't really like the full scope of what it was to be in radio. It was very little project oriented and it just felt very kindergarten compared to being in the real world doing it. And so I started gravitating more and more towards theater classes to where I got to the point to where if I didn't switch my major, I was going to be in college forever. So I thought, what am I going to do with a theater major? I mean, sure, I'd love to be an actress or, you know, I, I thought, man, maybe I'll do outreach theater. I really wanted to help people. So I was thinking, maybe I'll start a nonprofit and do outreach theater. And then this one summer came, this pivotal moment. I think this happens for a lot of us in our lives. And this is why my acronym for the word flow is follow life's opportunities wholeheartedly because opportunities will just show up for you. And it's our job to recognize them and then take action on them. So what happened for me was the radio station that I was at um, in 1998 said, we have a position on the morning show and we'd love for you to be the person. And so there's two guys in like their thirties, forties, and then me, this 20 year old. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't not take this opportunity. So I took it. I became like instantaneously one of the most famous people in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a town of like 200,000 people. But, you know, next to the Husker football players, that was a pretty big deal. Um, I was speaking at like uh, elementary school dare graduations, if you remember that. And there was something about like all of this, um, that energy, that platform, being able to have that ability. Uh, Theater definitely got me out of my comfort zone. I had a, I was so nervous, Nelly, you know, getting on stage or even at the radio station, like reading the news, I would get so nervous reading um, in the mornings that I would have to practice. I'd go in at like five in the morning and see the news I was going to read and practice, practice, practice. Cause even though no one was seeing me, they were hearing me and it made me so, so it was great prep for everything that I'm doing now because I really worked through those fears. But what happened this summer was I had grown up going to summer camp every summer since I was, I don't, my gosh, elementary school. My parents would set us to some kind of summer camp, whether it was a week long, whether it was like a YMCA day camp, leadership camp in high school, cheer camp, um, just whatever, all these different summer camps. 
And that summer, I couldn't go back to summer camp, not even for a week, because I had this big girl job, you know, it's very important job every morning, Monday through Friday. And I didn't want to lose that opportunity. So what I found was as I was sitting there, going and doing this thing that I'm supposed to be loving, that's building this career that I'm so far ahead of the game from anyone else my age, and not feeling super connected. I didn't like promoting products that I didn't believe in. That was one aspect of the radio station. You know, the way that radio stations or TV stations make money is through advertising. So it doesn't matter who comes to you. It's like, if they come to you, you're the talent and they say, oh, we just signed a contract with XYZ company. You're now going to promote this thing. I just had to do it. And I felt, it felt really unethical to me to have to do that. So I started to withdraw a little bit and I just thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? And this idea came to me, well, Eva, if you miss summer camp so much, why don't you just start one on your own? And I thought, what do I know about starting a nonprofit, like or starting even a summer camp? Nothing. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you not know? You've been to summer camp your whole life. This is the voice in my head. Okay. This is the intuition, this conversation that I have. It's like, you've, you've done this your whole life. Just take the best aspects of it put something together. And I'm talking to myself like, well, who am I even going to serve? What am I going to do? I don't have anything that's like greatly impacted my life. Am I just going to make it for like regular kids? You know, I mean, I could, that would still be fun. And this idea, I did not know anyone impacted by HIV and AIDS at the time, but growing up, it was always very prevalent in my life for whatever reason. Like I don't have a very good memory, but I knew exactly where I was standing in my high school, my freshman year when Magic Johnson came out and said that he was HIV positive. Like it was one of those moments that like, really hit me and stuck with me. I had a freshman college professor who was teaching an orientation class and just about the university, like get involved. And all he would talk about was HIV. I do not know why, to the point to where by the end of the semester, I raised my hand in class and I just said, sir, professor, um, I know you care so much about this, but what does this have to do with college? Like you talk about this every day. He'd go into getting tested. He'd go into the science behind it. He'd talk about the like moral issues and just like the statistics that, I mean, all different aspects of it. And, and all the class was looking at me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just called this teacher out. And he said, if you want to wait after class, we can talk. And I thought, oh no, he's going to fail me. Like I just called him out in front of everyone. Um, but he was actually really nice and really supportive. And we had a great conversation around it. And I still got an A in the class. So that was good. Uh, but it's like those kind of moments, like why? Why did I get that professor? Or why do I keep seeing HIV and AIDS in the news? Or why does this just keep coming up in front of me? Like, I don't get it. I don't know anyone particularly impacted by this, but it was just the universe's way of saying, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. And so when this idea of starting a camp and the question of who can I serve came up, I just put the two together and I thought, well, what if I start a summer camp for kids impacted by this disease? Like what's already out there? So I did a little bit of research and found that there was nothing. There was the Omaha, um, in Omaha, the Nebraska AIDS Project had taken some kids to the zoo once, and there was really nobody serving kids in the Midwest. And I thought, okay, here is a need, and I can surely, I can surely fill it. I can host a one-week camp, and I can make it the best camp ever. I'll take all the components, all the amazing things from the camps that I had been to, and I'll create something really cool. 
And so that's what I did. So that summer is when I started on this journey and I didn't want to tell anyone that I was doing it at first because I thought I don't want to be that person who says, oh, I'm starting this thing. And then I never actually do it or I'm starting this thing and then it fails. But what I found was the more I started to step towards this dream, things would happen. Positive things would happen. And this cycle of success started kicking in. So it was like one, one action I would take leads would lead to something positive, which would give me enough fuel to want to take the next step, to want to take the next step. And because I was working at the radio station, once I was confident that I was actually going to do this and I started telling people, like I called my dad, well, he was the first person. I said, do you think I can do this? And he said, oh yeah, but you have a lot to learn. So I went to Barnes and Noble and bought a book, how to start a nonprofit. I went and signed up for a grant writing class. I just started taking those steps. And then because I worked at the radio station, I had 200,000 people listening to me every single morning. So I could start to share my experiences, my journey. And I started getting volunteers that gave me the confidence to then write and create some application like at Kinko's, Kinko's and I were best friends. And I would send it off to these different um, HIV and AIDS organizations across the Midwest and people gave them to their clients and parents filled them out. And the next summer, there I was with 50 kids coming in from all over the Midwest and a staff of 25 volunteers. My dad helped fund a lot of it, but I, did, I was able to raise a bunch of money. I just thought if I could do this one time, if I could prove to people that I could do this, then it would have longevity. It could have a life of its own. And it sort of became my hobby. I did it for free for 10 years or something just because I loved it and it was manageable. And I thought some people bake, some people knit, some people do scrapbooking. I run a nonprofit. It was just my hobby that I loved doing. I would get so in flow, so immersed in the little details, like what the water bottle was going to look like or the design on the t-shirt or how our schedule was going to look. And I'd find myself up until midnight or two in the morning working on this or writing a grant or whatever. And surely it's, I, it, I call it the Kindle miracle. Every time I was up against something that I thought, how's this going to work out? It always worked out. And I really just believe that when you're trying to fill a need in the world and you're using your essence to do it, the universe conspires to work with you and supports you along that journey. And so I didn't go into broadcasting. I didn't go into theater, although those things definitely helped me and now have kind of come full circle to help me once again. But I ran and still do run a nonprofit for kids impacted by HIV and AIDS, primarily through a summer camp. But we also do a speak out program where those kiddos go into public schools and share their stories, which really helps them with that shame cycle. And that so it's a big it's there's a lot of stigma attached to HIV and AIDS and the kids um, hide it. And there's a lot of secrecy. So we created just a very safe environment where it didn't have to be a secret. You could share your story, um, be empowered. And we're going to love you no matter what you say, no matter how you show up. And that works. And those kids went on. We've had kids write their own books. Kids speak to Congress. We've had um, kiddos that became life coaches themselves. So a lot of our campers, because of that support and love that they got in that environment, went on to do great things as adults. And so it's been a, a real honor and blessing. And I've learned probably more from them and running an organization than I have anything else, any school any education that I've ever had, um, those real life experiences were my teachers. And that brought me to writing that book, you know, how to find your flow. Cause I thought after I got a divorce, I was in a divorce. I was married my high school sweetheart. 
and we were married for 16 years and then found ourselves in the midst of divorce. And that kind of trauma just pulled me out of that flow so quickly. And I just sat there thinking in therapy, I'd say, I've lost my flow. I've lost my flow. And I just wanted to find it again. And that's where I went on this hunt to figure out, was I just lucky? Is this recreatable for anybody? Can we all live in more flow? Like not just be in a flow state, but truly embody who we are in a way that gives back, that makes us feel so fulfilled in life and really fills the need somewhere. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my journey. That's what's brought me here today is to help people see that and teach that. Wow, that amazing story. And you told that much like somebody with a theater and broadcasting background. That was, <laughs> that was really amazing. I've, I've told it a few times, you know. <laughs> so a couple things I want to quickly go back over. So first of yeah, all, yeah, yeah. By all means. I'm, I'm still working in broadcasting and I have had kind of the same experience that you've had. Working in broadcasting is really hard and it's not glamorous at all. I mean, maybe if you're like, I don't know, George Clooney, maybe it's glamorous, but <laughs> for most of us, it is not glamorous. It's very hard work. So I personally don't necessarily blame you. Not surprised that you had that kind of experience. I think a lot of people have had that experience. I don't want to dissuade anybody from doing broadcasting, but it just know, take it from me and Eva, it's very difficult and it's not what it looks like. So I wanted to say that. And then obviously the experience you had in theater, very much the same experience that I've had. And it actually connects to something I think you say in your book where all these experiences that we have, even if they're not like connected, they all kind of like lead us to something. And mm -hmm. I feel like that acting class was kind of like the beginning of me becoming what I am now doing the podcast. I mean, we're talking 1997, 98 that I took that <laughs> class. That's a long time ago. And you're talking about your life that was a long time ago. But I, yeah. I feel like in that way, you and I are similar in that we pay very close attention to how life is affecting us. And I mm. think that's why your book really resonated with me. And before we kind of go into your book, because I do think it's going to probably take yeah, a yeah. We, we probably could spend two hours talking about your book, frankly, but <laughs> I mean, there's so much good material. It's not even that you could listen to the whole thing in less than two hours. <laughs> I, well, I listened to it twice. Like, I really oh, enjoyed Mar it. Mark, do you hear my mess up in like chapter six of my audio? <laughs> I was listening to it on the plane. I'm like, oh my gosh, I messed up. Oh, well, like, it's such just one of those moments. I don't know if you, if you recognize Is that the part where you kind of, like, uh, stumbled over your words a little bit, was it? Yeah, so so there's one part. This is so funny. And I, I, I'm actually leaving it in there intentionally because of this. So I did all everything myself. I self-published. I self-recorded it. I um, had to figure out how to upload everything, you know, online and, and do the Audible thing. Like, just all of that myself. 
And I love that process of like figuring things out and, and like we're talking about, nothing's ever wasted. Right. So me being a theater person and going into broadcasting, I thought, okay, I can use this to really read my book in a way that people can connect to it. But that was one of the hardest things for me. Do you know that's so much easier for me to just be like here live with you talking versus reading something? It goes back to those same fears that I have before. Re recording that book took me so long and I keep messing up. I keep messing up. And so I'd have to go back and edit, go back and edit all of my little mess ups. And that was one that I didn't catch. So as I'm listening to it, you know, on the plane, it's out there. People have downloaded it, listened to it. And I go, oh my gosh, I was reading a sentence and I go, <sighs> and then I go back and read the sentence again because of the, so it's not like you hear me say, oh crap or anything <laughs> like that, you know, I'm just reading it and then you hear like this breath of like, oh, she messed up again. And then I go back and read it again. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to leave it because it just shows that it's work and it's not about perfection and I don't, it's the amount of work it would be to go back and fix it and do all that is like, it's just not worth it for me. I just don't care. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that little thing in there for anyone who, who makes it to chapter six. But um, I, I actually think you did yeah. a really good job overall. Oh, that was one you. thing I did want to mention because obviously with my background, you know, I'm listening and I'm critiquing some things and not necessarily judging because I've never. Oh, written... I would love your feedback, Mark. I'm, I'm, I have another book coming out soon, so I need to Do get you? back to that. So, yes, yes, we can talk about that later. But, are you, um, are you going to narrate it again? Yes. So yeah. I want your feedback. If you really have feedback for me, please, <laughs> I would love it. Well, it's not necessarily like you know coming down on you or anything. It's just the fact that your performance, I thought, was like really, really good. And as I was Aww. listening to it, I was like, man, I, I, I kind of wonder if she produced this herself. I did. She's obviously, <laughs> she's obviously uh, narrating the whole thing. And she left the one or two little flubs in there. And I'm yep. like, you know, I, I really respect the fact that she decided to leave some of this stuff in there and it's overall well, it wasn't really, intentional yeah. trust me it wasn't intent but when you just get that far into something sometimes when you're too close to something uh it's hard to see the mistakes and maybe that's the feedback that i need like let someone else listen to it first before you just hit publish you know <laughs> put it out there but um it was a challenge that was definitely probably one of the harder parts not the writing it editing was also a little bit of a challenge but the narrating part but i thank you so much for that it gives me more confidence to to do the next one. So I appreciate that. Well, one thing I just want to mention is I've started doing solo episodes of this podcast and I can't tell you how many times I've like had to hit delete in like a minute or two in. It's almost harder to do something like that, something that's planned and prepped in that way than to just have a conversation like this. Sure, I'll throw an uh and an uh into the conversation mm -hmm. in the flow of everything, but it's not like I say, oh, cut, let's start all the way from the beginning. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, it's so much easier to just keep it going and be live and in the moment and 
it's a big difference because when you're sitting there and focused, you're like, that's no good. When really a lot of times, it probably is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's that inner critic that comes up is stepping outside of that comfort zone. Mark, I found the same thing. When I started on this podcasting journey, it was so much easier for me to have a partner, to have someone else that I was doing or interviewing someone than it was for me just to sit and just blab to the camera by myself. I found that to be so much more challenging to do. So for people who can do that, like props, because I find that to be to be really hard, unless I have some brilliant idea that I think is brilliant, that it just has to come out, you know, and then I'll sit and I'll, I'll write my notes on the mirror or on the window in front of me with an expo pen. And then I'll just look at the notes and I go, okay, there's my first point. Just talk about that point, Eva. Okay. Then just go to the next point and just go. So I can do it if I'm not super critical or I don't have it word for word. Um, but yeah, I find that really challenging too. So you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit. So I know you worked and still do work with Project Kindle. That's like your baby. And you worked in radio and you kept doing that for a while. And then in the interim, as you got into writing this book, what were you up to? What exactly were you working on in the meantime? Was it just the camp? Did you have other things going on? So the camp got to a pretty big place. At one point I had looked into like, okay, well, am I going to do something else or what am I going to do? But then we started getting these really big grants and a lot of, a lot of support. I had an office with several employees doing stuff year round. So it was just constantly the, the grind, the, I'll call it the grind, but the grind of writing grants and then creating those programs and then writing more grants to support those programs. And it just became this very, very big thing. And, and then what happened? What got, oh, go no, go ahead. I totally cut you off. Go ahead. No, please, please ask me your question. Um, so basically I just want to lead us to the point where you decided to write the book. And I know the camp had a big impact on that. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about how you got to the point where, you wrote the book and you came up with these awesome principles and just the thought that went behind it in general. So that goes to, I'm, I'm doing this thing. I'm in this flow. The organization's great divorce. So this is where everything changes. When we have some big thing that happens to us in our life that we're not expecting. So maybe it's a death, maybe it's loss of a job. Um, you know, divorce, uh, just these life changes that happen to us that are, will, are going to continue to happen. It's just life. Like, welcome to being alive. Sorry. It's hard sometimes. And I found myself for the first time ever on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication in therapy. I'd never been in therapy before. And my motivation for the nonprofit was just not the same. That's what I found. I found like I had just had, I could do it. I was so skilled at it that I could do it with my eyes closed. It didn't take a whole lot of my time anymore. It, it became very um, self-running almost. So as I sat there, I just thought, how do I find my flow? How do I find my flow? And I met with um, a friend of mine. He's also, he's a business coach now. And I said, I want to write a book. And I didn't even know what I wanted to write about. It was just another, again, one of those nagging things like that start a summer camp, start a summer camp. It was a little nagging voice, write a book, write a book, write a book. I'm like, 
what am I even going to, is it fiction, nonfiction? I'm terrible at writing dialogue. So I thought, I can't even, I don't even know where the commas go. And the, my grammar is just not the best. And I just thought, how am I going to write a book? This is just not even me. So Jake, who I sat with, he said, Eva, just sit down with a whiteboard and just plan it out. Sit down and look at what it is that you want to share. What have you learned and what do you want to share? And just sit down and do that first. So I went and thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So that's the first thing that I did. The other thing that happened simultaneously right around the same time was I went on this rim to rim Grand Canyon hike with a woman who was in my support group. I was in a therapy support group at the time, a bunch of different wives. And she was starting this life coaching business where she takes women through the Grand Canyon. And I thought she asked me one summer and I couldn't do it because of camp and when it was. And the following year, she messaged me again and said, hey, you wanna come hike the Grand Canyon? Now I can't even run a mile. I hate hiking, but that voice in my head said, oh yeah, you need to go have this experience. So I was like, I just texted back, yes, I'm coming. And then as I did that, I sat in my driveway and thought, oh my gosh, I can't do this alone. Like, I, I just, what am I doing? What am, so I asked my best friend, can you come with me? And she miraculously was able to switch a whole bunch of things up until we went and had this experience. And it was profound, life-changing. I write about it in the next book. Um, and so what I did was I sat down. So I had these ideas in my head. Like I knew I wanted to talk about flow. I knew I wanted to understand flow. I wanted to investigate flow. And I started diving into podcasts and listening to other people's stories. These people who, when I hear them, I'm like, oh my gosh, synchronicities happened. You're doing exactly what you're meant to do. Like you are definitely living in flow where there's other people who are successful, but they've really worked hard. You know, they've hustled and it's like, it's not just nine to five. It's, it's five to 10, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. that they're working. You know, and I just thought, oh, that cannot be my life. Like, I just don't want that. It needs to come easier. And so I sat, so the woman who I went on this Grand Canyon hike with, she said, can you write a little excerpt? I'm writing a book, which she did. She wrote a book and it's out right now called Walk Through This. And I sat down and I just said, I, I took some deep breaths and I, I thought, this is where I'm going to start. This is where I'm going to start writing. And I took my shoes off. I put water, listening to water. Like I tried to create this perfect environment so I could just get into this flow state. And I said, I'm not going to hold back. And I'm just going to write about this experience in the Grand Canyon because it was so transformative for someone who had just had gone through this divorce. And it just poured out of me, Mark. I could not stop typing. It was just, it just was coming out. It was effortless. And I was crying in parts of it. And it was so healing. And from that point, I went, okay, I can do this because one little page that she wanted turned into 14 pages. And then I thought, well, what else do I want to say? What else do I want to say? What other experience do I want to talk about? And at the same time, here I am researching flow, trying to understand these, these, this idea of like how I created this nonprofit and how could I recreate it? And that flow life funnel, those layers, that's what popped into my head. The same thing. I put the music on, took some deep breaths, made this agreement with the universe, hence creativity. Um, I, I say my book is by Eva Payne and that which is creativity because I totally believe that I, I tapped into something outside of me that worked with me to create this information. I feel like a lot of times artists will feel that way. 
painters, writers, sculptors, whatever, anyone who has to use imagination, right? Even people who create the iPhone or whatever, you're tapping into something that's bigger than you and you become the vessel. And when you can partner with that, it's wild what you're able to create. And so those layers just boom, came to me. And then I thought, all right, what else? And I just started writing and writing. Next thing you know, I've written almost 300 pages and it took me a month to write 300 pages. It just poured out. And every day I sat down, it was like chapter done, chapter done. And then I was so afraid to take the next step. I sat with it and sat with it and sat with it because I didn't want to be judged. I wasn't sure if I was crazy. I'd never written anything. I didn't know if my ideas held water. So I started coaching people around these ideas. Like I need to make sure these ideas work. So I started coaching women around these ideas and to see like, does this work? Is this viable? These, this way of showing up in the world. Uh, and I also decided instead of releasing the whole book, I was just going to release the flow life funnel. So truly the flow life funnel is only one chapter of this bigger book, but it can stand alone. And I thought, this is the thing, this was my quest from the beginning. So let me just put this into the world. Hopefully it's non-controversial. <laughs> you know, people will read it and go like, yeah, of course. I just arrange it in a way that maybe you didn't think about before. So it's not like it's something like super groundbreaking, but it's more like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for putting it in that, those, taking those puzzle pieces and arranging it in that way for me. And so I just stepped out last year in that way. Instead of going so far out of my comfort zone that it was paralyzing, I thought, let me just do this process. Let me figure out how to self-publish. Let me figure out how to record this audiobook. Let me go through these steps in a way that is more bite-sized, that feels like I'm laying one or two bricks versus building a castle. And so I, so that's what, what I did. That's how that book came to be. Wow. And that's amazing. So the process and how all that came about is so cool. It's great that you were able to take that kind of time and really search your soul. I don't think we get to do that enough in today's world and you're so lucky to have gotten that opportunity and I know the when I heard you talk about just the intuition and that voice telling you you should do this you should do this I've had the same thing happening to me I mean it happens to me with a lot of things but especially the idea of me being a speaker going all the way back to the 90s, I was like, man, I feel like I, like my voice needs to be heard. Like, I need to tell my story. Obviously, we didn't have platforms like podcasting back then. Right, right. I was in a much different place in life in general. And, you know, never could have imagined being where I'm at now. So I, when this whole idea of having a podcast came to light for me. And when people kept telling me, yeah, you should do video content. And I did it. And people were, re re I can't even talk, were responding to it and saying really good things. I was like, all right, you know, maybe this is what I should be doing. Because I've always wanted to be a speaker of some sort. Maybe this is my platform. Maybe this is my opportunity. And 
I went with it. And now here I am having this really great year with all these great guests like you. Not that last year wasn't good. Last year was good. But I'm coming into this year much more experienced and it just feels right. It feels like what I should be doing. So on that level, I really relate to how you got to where you are. I just did it in a much less uh, zen kind of way than you did. Yeah, well, that's okay. I mean, I think for everyone, their process is different. But when, you know, and I call it the universe, but when you keep hearing the same things over and over, when people keep telling you the same things, when the universe keeps trying to open a door for you constantly, like, hello, it's open. Do you want to step through? Do you want to step through? Do you want to step through? It's just you taking that opportunity, you know, to say like, okay, fine. Even though I don't know what I'm doing or even though I'm scared or even though I'm not sure, I feel pulled. I feel drawn towards this thing. So just start moving towards it, you know, and, and no, nothing is ever wasted. So all those experiences that you have ever had have led you to today and they're there for you to utilize, to build whatever's next for you. And even this, this might turn into something different. This might morph into something different. You know, it's about always being flexible. It's not like whatever you're doing right now is the be all end all. So even though for me, I, I know that like what I'm doing today may not be what I'm doing tomorrow, but what I'm doing today is important to build upon what tomorrow has for me. So I just step into it wholeheartedly and try doing what brings me joy at the end of the day. Do you love what you're doing? Do you enjoy it? There's going to be parts you don't like, but for the most part, are you excited? Do you think about it when you're just on a walk? You know, does it just, does it keep coming up for you? Do you keep hearing people say things to you? Like that is the universe saying, hello, remember me, you know, you've got some mission, some purpose, something you've got this path and you're not doing it. And we've got a long way to go. <laughs> so the sooner you get over here on this path, the better. And the thing about all of this that you just said, and I feel like that was a message that you tried to deliver in your book. I kept thinking about things that I've been saying on this podcast. I even feel like it's been pretty recent, the exact same thing, trying to give that advice and look, everything that you're doing, even if you don't stay on that path, it's leading you to something. And I think for me, it was more as I listened to your book, like, yeah, you know, this person, I feel like really we're on the same wavelength somehow. Like they really get it in the same way that I do. And I felt that like connection and really felt like I related to your message. So that's something that I really oh, walked away with. Thank you with so much. Was thank you. Really that that great. was my hope. Yeah. So I let's talk a little bit about the eight layers. I mean, I know we don't have a ton of time, but I don't know if you wanted to just tell the eight layers or if you just want to talk about one or two. You obviously know I love the chapter on intuition and I'll Well, let I'll me, let... how about this? I'll give you the, let's, let's see if I can do <clears throat> a 60 second version of the layers and then we can dive into whatever. So that way anyone okay. listening, they can just know what the layers are. <laughs> so we start with intuition and that's what we've been talking about, that knowing that voice, that 
hunch that maybe go somewhere, do something. So really getting familiar and acquainted with your own intuition, how it works and trusting it. That's layer number one. You got to be able to do that. Then we start getting into kind of some of the practical things. So it's important to know what interests you and being able to like write a list of 50 different things that just interest you just because it could be cooking. You know, for me, like I love the unexplained. I love like ancient alien type stuff. I don't know why this stuff comes up for me, but I truly enjoy it. And so I, I, that's on my list, but I also love personal development. I love helping people. I love filling a need. So what are your interests? What are the things for you that you could just lose yourself in? It's important to know those things. Third is your strengths. So I believe that we all come here with certain strengths, whether that's just because of your DNA, you know, like the way you're built, you're going to be better off being this kind of an athlete or, um, being in this kind of a profession or the way your mind works, you know, your strengths are my strengths are in some areas since I was a kid, they've been the same. So what are those things for you? Recognizing what your strengths are is really important. You can do an assessment online, like strength finders or whatever, but being self-aware of what your strengths are is really important. The next are talents and skills. So like, think about what you've just gained in your life. We've talked about that already, right? These experiences that one acting class, like you gain something, not only just confidence, but you gain the ability to like step out and and realize I can do this. I can be a speaker. I can be a performer. I can be on a stage, right? So what are the talents and skills that you've acquired in your life just because you've lived and had experiences? You take those things and you kind of mush them together and you start really looking at what would my ideal day be? You know, if I could wake up and do something over and over that didn't feel repetitive, that I would love doing, that I feel challenged by, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, gets me really excited, utilizes my interests, utilizes my strengths, and utilizes my skills. Like, we want to use all of you, as much of all of you as we possibly can. I call that your essence, right? Who you are. That is where your passion is going to be cultivated. So now you start stepping into a project and you're like, I don't know, a podcast, I guess. Let me just see. I feel pulled to do this. And you start stepping in and stepping in and it starts, you start becoming the one driving that train. You get excited. That passion is cultivated within that space of utilizing who you are, right? Now, having a belief system that you can do it is so huge. When I wanted to go start the nonprofit, I didn't think I could do it. Who did I call? I called my dad because he was the most supportive person I knew. And having someone else believe in me, Eva, you have a lot to learn, but you can do it, was enough for me to be brave enough to have courage. Courage is a huge factor in finding your flow. You've got to be courageous to step towards that thing that you want the most, whatever those deepest heart's desires are. But having someone who believes in you until you can believe in yourself is really important to having that flow. And then looking, is this thing that I want to create? Are you creating a podcast because you want to be famous? Because you want to make a lot of money? Like, what is your intention behind creating the podcast? Are you here to fill a need? Is what you're doing filling a need in this world? You can be very successful doing things that fill little needs, you know, whatever. Or like maybe someone will listen to it. It'll help them one day. But when your intent is really to fill a need, really to help people find clarity in life or the the camp, you know, I wanted kids to come and feel supported and loved and that they weren't alone living with this thing. We built this beautiful community. Uh, My mission now, filling a need, helping people really find that flow in their life. I can sit down with someone and talk to them about what their challenges are and use my essence. I'm a very strategic thinker, like I wrote in the beginning of the book. I can, ideas come to me super easily. So whatever, when people feel stuck, 
I'm a great person. Uh, an ideal job for me would just be to sit in a room and like come up with ideas. Like let's brainstorm around how to make a system better. I'd be fantastic at that, right? So finding needs and at the very, at the last layer is that pool of creativity, realizing that whatever you're creating, you are not doing it alone. That there is some force that is bigger than you, that is outside of you, that is utilizing you, whether you just believe it's nature, whether you just believe it's synchronicities and circumstances or a God or whatever, it doesn't even matter what you think it is, but just being open to it being something that maybe you didn't even think of. So sometimes we get so narrow-minded focused, like we think, oh, it's, it needs to look like this. The podcast needs to look like this and this, da, 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 and you're not flexible and you need to be flexible with creativity. Creativity says it doesn't need to look the way you think it needs to look. Let's just, yes, a podcast, but let's kind of do this or let's create this introduction or let's improve it this way or let's whatever, right? So there's that pool of creativity that works with you. And when you can line those things up to the best of your ability and you just start laying bricks every day, every day, take a step towards whatever that vision is that you see, it may turn out exactly like that, or it may be some variation of that, but you will look back and go, oh my gosh, I did it. I created something. And you'll be so proud that even whether it's successful, quote unquote, or not, you will be so proud of what you created and it will just take you to the next level. So there's the flow life funnel in a nutshell. I think this whole podcast and your story is the flow life funnel, honestly, because I only know because I listened to the book twice, but just listening to your story, everything that you talk about is reflective of what's in this amazing book. And mm. I feel like when you were out there thinking about this book and trying to write it, I mean, you were thinking about all of this. It almost seems to me like that's how it, it comes across. And I think the thought that you put into all this is really amazing. It may seem a little bit on the surface and obvious, but when you really listen to you talk and you think about yourself, it really gets you thinking about yourself. Like, okay, am I doing what I'm actually interested in do I care about what I'm doing or what is in front of me in my life am I living my true essence and mm -hmm. I feel like it made me who feels like they are doing to the best of their ability to think about these things and to do that really got me thinking about my own life and that in itself was worth the second lesson, it just really got me <laughs> thinking. And I mean, I, I can't say enough about, you know, I, I guess I'm really into asking those questions internally and taking stock on my life. And it seems like you're a similar kind of person. You like to be in touch and take stock on your life. And I hope that people listening will pick this book up or download it and give it a listen, give it a read, because it will make you think about what you're doing and what and you're thinking. And I think thinking. that's super important, right? Like, 
at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you don't want to have regrets. You don't want to think, gosh, I wish I would have spent a little more time pursuing that dream or that desire. What if I would have said yes to that thing? It's like, just do it. It doesn't have to be your full-time job. It's not the thing you're, you don't have to give up whatever it is you're doing now, but just bring some of that into your life. Start. I mean, I ran the nonprofit for 10 years for free. Like I said, it was my hobby. It wasn't even my full-time job until it got too big to where it needed to be that. But uh, for so long, I just did it for free because I just loved it. And it brought so much joy into my life and not just my life, but thousands of other people's lives. And so that momentum, like our camp truly, truly, and I'm, I'm maybe I'm biased, but we run one of the best summer camp programs out there for sure. And that's because I cared so much. And I think when you love something and you care about something so much, your ability to be successful, it's like you become a cheetah in the race, you know, like you just zoom past everyone else who sort of do, 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 okay, I guess I'll start a camp and I guess I'll do this. And, or you're just someone who works for an organization. Okay. My nine to five, what do I have to do today? Do, do, do. Where if you have that energy and that passion behind it, you just zoom past everyone else. So whether it's becoming a doctor, an engineer, a science, you know, a scientist, an author, a podcaster, an artist. It's like whatever is inside of you, listen to it because you will become the cheetah in that race and the world needs you to show up that way. Like we are all very important puzzle pieces to this bigger picture. And if we were all just not afraid to do what really excites us instead of what we are doing for money or what we're doing for status or what we're doing because our parents said, oh, you can't, you'll never be successful as that. So they, you, you chose a career path that was more stable and made more sense. Like for what, you know, really at the end of the day, following what makes you the happiest and having some of that in your life, even if it's just as a hobby to start with, you, you never know where it can go and how it can transpire, but don't be afraid to step towards that thing that just lights you up inside. So on that note, before we wrap up this great conversation, on that note, I want to talk a little bit. So as of this recording, this is the five-month anniversary of when I took a buyout package from a company I was with for 10 years, pretty much out of college. I had gotten promoted. I was very fulfilled with what I was doing. I was a manager. I was had direct reports. And it's not so much about the superficial of mm -hmm. having direct reports and being a boss. <laughs> Excuse me. It was about, for me, having the opportunity to impact other people's lives and sure. to have that. It, it was impacting me, and I feel like it was impacting them. And when I left, something clicked with me and I started thinking about myself a lot more and a lot less about climbing the corporate ladder. Right. And that was something that really was, uh, was, what would be the right word? I don't know if I want to say possess me or anything, but yeah, freedom. I, you, be, you became free from that trap. Yeah. Yeah. That like cycle I'm, of success. I was really focused on mm -hmm. trying to climb the corporate ladder. That was my goal. Right. But I had forgotten about goals that I had personally. Like I mm -hmm. wanted to be, become a script writer. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to speak. Hello. And 
I started contracting in my field around town and it was cool. I'm still actually doing it and, you know, I'm doing fine. I'm making a decent living, but it's not fulfilling in that way Mm -hmm. that I was getting. And that started everything to where I'm at now because I started a blog and started networking and that led me to making video content and meeting people and creating a podcast and that really planted the seeds for that so for me I guess coming off of everything you just said I listened to my own voice and said hey I don't think I'm living my true essence I'm not doing what I feel like I should be doing I got caught up in something that while it was an interesting ride and it was fun and everything. It's not me. So mm-hmm. it, like I said, your book and everything that you're saying just really speaks to me. I really relate to it. Mm, Mark, I love that. And congratulations, you know, for having the courage to step into this space and do that thing that makes you so excited that you that you do love. And I think writing would be great. Like if you're not started, if you haven't started doing that, do it. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to write a feature film, you know, start with some like 10 minute short or just like a baby step. I call it laying bricks, right? Just what would be the easiest? What's the easiest thing for you to write about? What would be uh, the thing that would get you the most excited? Like if you could just get it done, like, oh, I just I did a one act or I did, you know, what's what's a little step that would make you feel accomplished in that? And you just start going down that path and, and doors will open. Well, just quickly, I did start writing a novel, and this is an idea I've had since high school, but I haven't picked up on it in a long time. But I will say that listening to this book kind of gave me an idea for something I could do that would speak to my own essence, and that's really the honest truth. I know I've talked a lot about resilience over the years, so... Like, I wonder if I should do something like this on resilience, which, you know, this is the first time I'm even talking about this. But, yeah, it really impacted me. And I do have ideas for shorts and productions. And I will probably have to talk about that another time. because Give yourself a big whiteboard. Do this. Do what I did. Give yourself a giant whiteboard and just write all your ideas out and just look at them every day until one of them just keeps staring at you. Like it becomes bolder and bigger and it like comes out. You're like, okay, that's the one I'm going to do today. And then you just work on that thing, you know, but put all your ideas out there. So they're not forgotten. You see them and, and one or two will just really start to pull at you. You you won't be able to get it out of your mind. And if it's that resilience one, because it's been with you since high school, hello, intuition. You know, like this is what, this probably why you like that chapter because you want to trust your intuition. It's talking to you and it's just hard to do sometimes. You think, oh, I'm crazy or what, what do I know? You don't trust that it actually is something that is working in your favor. So give it, just test it out and see how it goes. And once you start doing that and things start working out and you have that cycle of success, then you'll believe in it more and more and it will talk to you more and more. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that advice. And yeah, I have a notebook here, like on my phone. And I'm always writing ideas down. And, 
doing that. Good. So maybe I should put some of those ideas there, which I guess I'm kind of doing. So, but to your point, yeah, whiteboard. I've never tried a whiteboard. Maybe I want to do that. So. I don't know. I just like, I like, I'm a visual. I like to see it. I like to see it all laid out, you know, whatever it is. So I just like, and then you can just erase it also like, okay, no, no, no. Or take a picture of it. And then you just have it on your phone and then you can erase it and start over. So for me, a whiteboard, I also like big poster paper. That seems to work well too. <laughs> but No, that's a great idea. I mean, putting something out there like that, that you can nice. really commit to rather than just a notebook on your Yes. iPhone. I mean, it is different. So yes, I, I Mark talking about it like you just yeah. did. You brought it up here, so now maybe you'll have more confidence to bring it up again to the next person or to someone else. And and the more you start really giving it breath, giving that idea some life, because it's now no longer just in your head or just on your phone, it's out there. That's when things will start to work more in your favor. It's just um, cause and effect. Well, let me do something that works in your favor. Let's yes. talk a little bit how, <coughs> excuse me, that's great to listen to. So let's talk a little bit about how people can work with you, how they can find your Flow Life Funnel book and how they can find you on social media. Let's talk about that. All right. So the easiest way is you could just Google me, Eva Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, but evapayne.com is my website. So everything is up on there. Um, how to reach me. Instagram is my favorite platform outside of YouTube. I love YouTube. Um, so uh, that's Eva, uh, Miss Eva Payne, M-S Eva, P-A-Y-N-E. And I'm really, um, I'm accessible, you know, so if people are interested, if they feel excited about a project and not sure which steps to take, if they are um, stuck and they're not sure like where to go next or what to do, then I would love to help with that. That's something that is very easy for me. Again, like we talk about that ease and that flow and um, I, that's where you find me. Just reach out. Awesome. So I have another session I got to get to soon. I know you have a busy day ahead. So unfortunately, I could probably talk to you for another two hours. I <laughs> and, and I didn't even introduce the show. This is Mark My Words that you've been listening to. So not that you didn't know that if you went to iTunes or YouTube or wherever else you get podcasts. So download it, buy it. Physically, there it is. The Flow Life Funnel, Eight Layers to Outwardly Live What You Inwardly Desire. This book is amazing. It'll make you think. This was Eva Payne. She also is a Project Kindle. I encourage you to go check out Project Kindle. What a great cause that is. And obviously, you're a life coach. And I think you would be outstanding to be coached by i mean you're so in touch with yourself and well i just i really love people and at the end of the day i just really i truly want people to step into their essence and into their power into their purpose and just really live a life that they're excited about and so if i can help in any way if i can say one thing or you know like offer some idea some advice that that person wasn't thinking of uh, offer a different perspective and then that can just send them off on some journey 
then I, that's, I feel fulfilled. So I, it's easy for me and I love doing it. And so if I can help anyone out there, feel free to reach out. And the book's on Amazon. That's where you find it. Just Amazon. Well, there you have it. Go find the book on Amazon and you can find me very quickly on Instagram. I'm at Mark by Word 6. I'm also at Nimrod79, which is a very old handle from long ago. I'm not changing it. So <laughs> I also, you can find me on Twitter. I don't really post as much these days, but I'm there. Nimrod1979, another old, old handle and you can find me on LinkedIn. I love connecting on LinkedIn. So find me there. That is a place that I post a lot. So that's our episode. That's Mark My Words. This was Eva Payne. I'm Mark Schmidt. And that's Mark My Words. I'll be back soon with another great guest and another hopefully great episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now. Bye.